0: So, Bill Clinton, right, in his administration is often seen as the lesser of the less evils of the Democratic Party by those who claim themselves to be liberal and Democrats, right? They have apologized his war criminality away and the ways in which that he spearheaded the neoliberal capitalist system in the post-Soviet era. Now. This has changed a bit with the demise of Hillary Clinton, right? And her political ambitions to become president in 2008, and especially in 2016, we've seen that there is this public opinion shift away from the Clintons. But for more than a few decades, they did enjoy this veil of legitimacy within the ruling order that does still have some credibility, and we see it now with the death of of Madeleine Albright. Madeleine Albright being one of the biggest functionaries, most important functionaries of the Clinton apparatus. And so she's dead now. And we can all kind of raise our glass to that. She is not alive. We don't have to at least listen to her say anything new. Although I'm sure if you're watching the corporate media, you are hearing Her past words ad nauseum, and I am sorry to you if you are watching any of that. But with that said, we need to talk about Madeleine Albright's legacy, because it's basically been forgotten. You know, there's this term to describe the Korean War as the Forgotten War, and we can call people like Madeleine Albright and similar U.S. officials, especially on the Democratic Party side, the forgotten warmongers, right? Because they often kind of adapt this pseudo-democratic opposition to Donald Trump, this position as this pseudo-opposition to Donald Trump that has allowed them to essentially, especially within mainstream circles, escape any criticism for their wrongdoing, right? Right. So here we are with Madeleine Albright dead, and she has a long legacy of war criminality that we need to get to. For one, right, we have to talk about Bill Clinton's policies on the African continent. And Madeleine Albright, as the uh, US ambassador to the UN, is often known as someone who called for the withdrawal of peacekeepers. Now, That isn't necessarily the biggest crime that the U.S. committed when it comes to Rwanda. The biggest crime is the propagandization of the so-called Rwandan genocide, which saw this civil war be spearheaded with the support of European powers and the United States, with the funding and training of the Rwandan Patriotic Front, the RPF. And their man, Paul Kagame, who was trained by the Pentagon, who was trained in D.C., he helped facilitate this genocide through a slaughter of Hutus, and the Hutus fought back. And that was what caused this massive displacement and dismemberment, and it's often portrayed and framed as a Hutu uh, massacre, a one-sided massacre in Rwanda that has absolutely no roots outside of Rwanda other than the just barbarism of that African country. But of course, we know now that not only was the United States negligent with its international influence in preventing and stopping the violent uh, internal conflict, but it was also actively stoking it and actively facilitating it. And Madeleine Albright played a big role in that and supporting that propaganda narrative and also helping to prolong the conflict when the United States could have easily, easily stopped it. But the United States didn't want to stop it because the United States had other objectives. And that other objective was the creation of a genocidal terrain, not just in Rwanda, but in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Right after the RPF took power, In Rwanda, after the so-called genocide, Rwanda invaded uh, the the Democratic Republic of the Congo with Uganda. And we have seen the deaths of over 6 million Congolese since then, all in the name of looting and plundering that resource-rich country for its neighboring countries that are in large part influenced by U.S., policy, Uganda, Rwanda, uh, but also, of course, for multinational capital, which relies upon the resources of the Democratic Republic of the Congo to feed the supply chains for certain kinds of technology, laptops, cell phones, etc. So Madeline Albright has a role in that. And that's just the beginning, right? That's just begin- the beginning of the blood on her hands. We can then move on to Yugoslavia, the first so-called humanitarian interventionist war. It is really the birthplace of humanitarian interventionism because it was the United States through its NATO alliance that bombed Yugoslavia into pieces in 1999 after waging a decade-long campaign after the Soviet Union fell to first expel Yugoslavia from the United Nations and then to help with support of Germany and other NATO powers, the breaking off of, so, of Yugoslav republics like Croatia, like Kosovo, etc., in a campaign of annihilation against Serbia, which was the largest republic of Yugoslavia with many communist party members. The most of the communist party members came from Serbia and there was a campaign of terror and aggression Uh, especially financed through the Kosovo Liberation Army, which was really a ragtag gang of fascists and criminals that uh, ultimately burned Yugoslavia to the ground and split that country up into many pieces. Many of those republics now, like Slovenia, are NATO members. Slovenia, Croatia, and I think there are a few others. So she has a hand in that. She has a hand in that massive bombing campaign and that imperialist venture that destroyed an Eastern European country all in the name of expanding NATO and doing what is happening now with Ukraine, right? isolating Russia, even though Russia at the time was considered this more friendly country under Boris Yeltsin, it did not matter because the doctrine of full spectrum dominance was in full effect And the United States was trying to ensure that even if the Soviet Union had fallen that that region would never see a country would never see a people ever rise up and be independent again and so that's why there was this huge campaign to dismember Yugoslavia and then to sp- steal and plunder all of its resources to ensure that it would remain weak and so that's what we had Madeleine Albright spearheading as Secretary of State under Bill Clinton. She was spearheading that intervention. She was calling for it. She was extremely racist towards Serbian people. And privately, she told the media, right, in these kind of secret media sessions that they had, that the United States had intentionally made it difficult for Serbia to negotiate with them in order to justify the bombing campaign that would follow and that they needed bombs, right? And we'll go into a summary of all of this that I found through Gloria LaRiva at the Party for Socialism and Liberation that kind of summarizes this legacy. And then, of course, there's the sanctions on Iraq. A lot of people have been sharing the 60 Minutes interview that she did where she was asked Right, And and at this time, she was the ambassador to the United Nations. She was asked by 60 Minutes, what about the impact of the sanctions? Is it worth it? Because the UN had just come out with a study at the time that said that 500,000 children in Iraq had died because of the sanctions. And at this time, of course, the United States was at war with Iraq. First, there was the Gulf War, but it was still in this campaign to isolate and overthrow Saddam Hussein. And of course, this led to the U.S. invasion of 2003 on a grander pretext. But there was this uh, sort of unconventional war, uh, this war of aggression that the United States was waging under Bill Clinton, which wasn't really talked about. Uh, Bush Sr. started it, Clinton continued it, and of course, Bush massively escalated it. But according to Madeleine Albright, she said it was worth it. And then later she apologized, saying, oh, no, no, all I meant was that it led to the overthrow of Saddam Hussein later, and that was a good thing. I didn't want children to die like that. But she didn't say that at the time because it was already known that children had been dying in the hundreds of thousands, and it just wasn't a concern for her. So this is the blood that Madeline Albright has on her hands. This is her legacy. Right As a neo-liberal, a neocon war hawk of the foreign policy establishment, Madeleine Albright has made her career off of using her identity as a woman to forward the objectives of imperialism. And for that, she has always been and will always be condemnable. She does not deserve any sympathy, any empathy, any condolences, any tears she has millions of deaths on her hands she is a global terrorist for the peoples of the world for oppressed nations and for any kind of striving for dignity self-determination and liberation and for that uh, she and those who are associated with her who remain alive today uh, deserve justice they deserve the kind of justice that war criminals deserve and so uh, that is our task from here when it comes to Madeline Albright. So let me share this article that summarizes her legacy quite well. And I didn't even get into what she said during the Bernie Sanders campaign when she was campaigning for Hillary Clinton. But we will get to that since it is part of this article. So it actually quotes in the title. So Gloria Lariva in 2016 wrote a special place in hell for young Sanders supporters or for Madeleine Albright. Well, Madeleine Albright is dead, but the movement towards socialism, the movement uh, against establishment politics continues. So the special place in hell is likely for Albright. So any, uh, let me just make this bigger, actually. So. Gloria Lariva summarizes her legacy well. She says, as a working woman, feminist, socialist, and candidate, so at this time she was running for a presidential candidacy, she says she condemns with the strongest possible terms the outlandish attacks by Hillary Clinton and Albright, Madeleine Albright, on any woman working in support of the political campaign of Bernie Sanders. This this attack, particularly on young women who are supporting Sanders in such large numbers, is a shameful and opportunist attempt to use the historic struggle for women's rights For the narrowest political gains. In a desperate attempt to reverse the growing support among young women and men for her opponent in the Democratic Party primaries, Hillary Clinton has enlisted the support of notorious warmonger and advocate for mass murder, Madeline Albright. As Clinton looked on laughing and clapping, Albright told the media on February 6th, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. So that's what she said February 6th, uh, while she was campaigning for Hillary Clinton. If there indeed were such a special place, Madeleine Albright would most assuredly be going. And I'm not a religious person, but if I were, I'd say, let it be. So, and going along with her would be Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as UN UN ambassador and secretary of state for the Bill Clinton regime, Albright was a fanatical advocate of genocidal sanctions that blockaded more than a million women, children, and men in Iraq and the 1999 U.S.-NATO bombing war against Yugoslavia. On May 12, 1996, nearly six years into the U.N.-U.S. sanctions, Albright was interviewed by CBS's 60 Minutes, Leslie Stahl, who had just returned from Iraq, about the impact of the sanctions on, Iraqis popu- on Iraq's population. Stahl said, We have heard that a half million children have died. I mean, that's more children than died in Hiroshima. And you know, is the price worth it? U.S. Ambassador to U.N. Madeleine Albright said, quote, I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think the price is worth it. Albright's astoundingly flippant answer was nothing less than a confession to one of the most horrific war crimes in history, indicting not just herself, but all the leaders of the Bush senior, Clinton, and Bush two administrations who are fully aware of the lethal impact of sanctions on the people of Iraq. In 1999, Albright played a key war on the a key role in the war on Yugoslavia, engineering the failure of the negotiations that preceded the war. Albright presented the Yugoslav government with an agreement, quote-unquote, this is the Rambouillet agreement, that would have allowed NATO forces to occupy the entire country with the unheard of provision that Yugoslavia would pay for the expenses of the occupation. After talks broke off, a top official of Albright's told reporters in an off- the record session, we intentionally set the bar too high for the Serbs to comply. They need some bombing, and that's why what they are going to get. Actually, so this is a top official, so this was Madeleine Albright. She told reporters that we intentionally set the bar too high for the Serbs to comply. They need some bombing, and that's what they are going to get. When the Yugoslav government predictably rejected the ultimatum disguised as a proposal, quote-unquote, The bombing began and continued for three months thousands of civilians were killed wounded and made homeless as was true in iraq the entire population was traumatized with women and children most severely impacted so uh hillary clinton joined the war chorus saying that she urged him to bomb so these are the so-called feminists right the so-called feminists calling for the destruction of yugoslavia so that Those are just two really important pieces of her legacy, right? Two really important pieces of Madeleine Albright's legacy. The imposition, right, and justification and admission of devastating sanctions that killed more than a half million Iraqi children alone. This isn't even to say preventable deaths from adults. We're talking about a half million Iraqi children. That's it from these sanctions. And Madeleine Albright thought that was worth it. And then of course with Yugoslavia, she was a virulent anti-Serbian, racist, anti-communist. She wanted to see Yugoslav's socialist republic, its federation be destroyed at all costs. And so she intentionally, intentionally made it so, the demands being imposed on Yugoslavia were unacceptable. And so the war would continue and Yugoslavia would be dismembered. Tens of thousands of bombs, which targeted infrastructure of all kinds, schools, hospitals. There were water systems that were attacked. There was massive pollution, right? Because Yugoslavia stood between three stands still the republics but uh, now they're broken off but when it was a federation yugoslavia stood between three seas and it said that these massive bombing campaigns with depleted uranium actually polluted these seas and it probably has a worldwide impact at this point because we know from iraq and in yugoslavia just how damaging depleted uranium is on human beings, the high levels of cancer that it causes, disruptions of the immune system, of the cardiovascular system, of the central nervous system. It is really a a, a weapon of mass destruction, a biological weapon of mass destruction. And NATO used it indiscriminately in this bombing campaign against Yugoslavia. So with all of this said, you know, Yugoslavia is really important